Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Today um, we're going to talk about ambitions and what you aspire to be when you're older. So straight into it. Um, Hussein and Hamza today with us. Um, straight into it. What do you have any plans, or do you know what you want to be when you're older, Hussein? Um, obviously, I wouldn't know because everything's already been written, but. I want to be an architect when I grow up. I've I've always an architect or um, like an engineer because I'm very good in like um, f- repairing things and stuff. But obviously, have you chosen any like what what, what subjects in school I've do you do that I've related to them topics? Uh, graphics, engineering. Are you are you do you excel quite at that? Uh yeah, it's, yeah. Which other topics are you like? Uh, uh, RS and geography. Yeah. Would you not ever do anything related to geography? No. RS then. Mm. Why RS? Because R- 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 RS is just um, yeah, easy and it's, it's interesting learning about another religion. But is it, isn't it? Because it? I got a letter the other yeah. day from um, what was it, Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> which you you probably read. Um, I did reply to that letter, uh, as you probably know. Um, I'm still waiting for a proper response. I've only got half a response so far. But what was the question on that letter? Is life something about is life? Is life all there is? It's something like that. Yeah. So they're, they're probably talking about the afterlife. But Jehovah's Witnesses, from the little that I know about them, are very interesting. They don't celebrate Christmas or Easter or anything. The only the only celebration they're allowed to celebrate is yeah. anniversaries. Yeah. So it is quite interesting learning about other religions. Yeah, I think. Which, so <coughs> would you never look into going into um, a field where you're exploring other religions or? Um, trying to um, like not not debate but discuss with other people where you can prove that Islam is the correct li- religion. Would you ever think about going into that, or are you not into public uh, speaking? Or I would, I would, but it's that that kind of links into madrasa and what I learn, because then um, I can learn a lot of stuff from madrasa, obviously, and which is um like which I can y- tell other people, um, spread the message of Islam. Um, and like, do you know anyone that's done architecture or engineering? Um, an engineer, yeah, I know quite a few people. An architect, no, and not personally, no, I don't know. Do you know what what they do? Or yeah, um, they design buildings and um. And there's loads of different fields. Yeah. Like quantity surveyors. Quantity, yeah. Part of it, so I know a few few of them, and obviously my colleague is. Yeah. Uh, civil engineer who does all the structure before any building work is done. Hamza, what about you? What, what, what would you say you'd want to be when you're um, older? My, I've always wanted to be an optician and I feel like that's the only thing I want to do right now, become an optician. Have you, do you know anyone that's done um, optometry before? I think Hafiz Hussain is doing optometry, isn't he? I think he's doing dentistry, I think. Dentistry optometry. I'm not sure. He didn't pass the interview. I'm not sure. Now he's doing optometry. All right. Um, do you know any qualified uh, optometrists? Yeah, my cousin-in-law, um, cousin's husband. He does optometry, so I've spoken to him about what I should be doing and how to get there. And he's obviously advised me on what to do. And yeah. And checking people's eyes. What what subjects do you excel at at school? Um, in high school, I always did well in science and maths, and I feel like that's what you need. Yeah. To do. I think biology plays a big part yeah. in, in optometry. I've yeah. got a few optometry in my family. Um, 
not it's not easy by any means. But mm. um, when it comes to um, what you want to do, would you would you rather do a job where you absolutely hate it, but it pays really good, or would you do a job where it pays average but you you, you love doing it? I'd do something which I love rather than hate. And take a massive pay cut for it. Yeah, because if you hate a job, you're gonna go in with a bad attitude. You're gonna like be sulking all day, but you're, but you're just you're, you're just um, thinking about money, but money doesn't buy happiness. No, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd ra- I'd definitely rather do an um average job, average pay job, but I really enjoy. It. Obviously, let's say for example a ninety-five job, you wake up with a bad attitude of because if you do the job that you don't enjoy with the more money, um, you're gonna wake up obviously with a bad attitude, going to work frowning. You might take it out on someone else, which obviously isn't good enough. So definitely, I'd, I'd definitely go for the average pay and the one that you love. But ul- ultimately, obviously, you guys don't have any responsibilities at the moment. But wh- when you do start to have have some responsibilities, paying the bills and everything, um, although that um, average job would pay for them bills, you wouldn't have much money to spend on yourself or um, any luxuries. So. You wouldn't let, let's say you'd only be able to go to, to for one holiday a year instead of going to five if you had the um, high pay job. You still wouldn't consider the high pay job, even though you'd, you'd, you'd think go to more holidays. I think I think it's else. not it's not all about um, holidays and all these luxury. fancy places, luxuries, all that. I think what's most important are your families and friends. Not so much your friends, but mo- mostly your family. I think obviously they care about you a lot and I think spending time with them is the most important and the way to gain happiness. Yeah. Mm. It's it's decision making really cuz um when you were young you were all dependent on your parents and elder relatives but once you go to a certain age you become independent and that's when you really need to think about the decisions that you make and um <coughs> like you're going to be spending less time with the people that you grew up with so it's about like adapting to a new lifestyle yeah for sure um wh- when it comes to um ambition what if i was to ask you what what is not the best achievement that you've had in your life or what what is one of a what is the first achievement that comes to your head uh, that comes to your head when i ask you the question what is a good achievement that you've achieved so far in your life what would you say to that um, it's hard. It's it is a it bit of a hard question. Yeah. But just first thing that I've achieved, even if it's something really simple or basic that most people that you know have got, what what would it be? I know for like someone like uh, Bombay would probably be something like having trials for Bolton. Yeah. Um. What what would it be for yourself? Myself would be um, uh, excelling school. I had like a time uh, before all this pandemic started because I've been having lots of breaks. But before this pandemic, I had like a um, very good like run of getting loads of achievements and certificates and stuff like that. And it made me like, it motivated myself. I was like, do I really need to like, um, say if I was like, misbehaving, do I really need to misbehave? Yeah. Uh, do I really need to do this and that? And I thought about what I, what my actions would be like um, and... Yeah. <coughs> and what, what about you? I think um, when you say best achievement, first thing that comes to my head um, 
it's becoming Hafiz, alhamdulillah. Um, obviously putting all those effort in all those years, I think it feels good to achieve something out of it as well. Finally reach the goal. Yeah, definitely. Similar topic to what, what Hussein was saying. Um, ultimately, I think at your age, if you've impressed your parents, then then you've done enough. Yeah, you'd agree. For sure, that? for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because if any stage your parents are unhappy with you, then, then you, yeah, you feel bad. Yeah, you know you've done something wrong. Yeah. And, um, the ultimate aim of it is that you keep your parents happy. That way, you know you're doing right. Yeah, for sure. So if someone comes, if someone becomes uh, so lost, and let's say they go down a route where they want to pursue a career which is not possible for them to pursue, for example, um, I think pilots very easily. Pr- um, I know, I know a few pilots myself, to be honest. Um, but it's something like doing YouTube. How many YouTubers do you personally know? As in popular mainstream youtubers how many do you know who have got more than let's say i think to earn anything you need over at least ten thousand um, followers do you know any yeah personally uh, personally m m and i and sdi sdi media, media. let's be honest um, we don't know anyone oh per- no no i i don't, I don't. no i don't and the, the guys that you, you do probably know of, I, I think we've spoken about in, in different podcasts, are um, not... Knowledge, strength, uh, integrity. Uh, they all started at a stage where their parents were, were probably weren't happy with them. Is it, uh, would you think it's ever going to be achievable for a Muslim boy or girl from our community which is very important because our community is is one where we are we consider ourselves TTS Sanatan Sunni, yeah, and uh, we follow the ways of the Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jamaa, and we're pro Maslaki Ala Hazrat, and we don't do our sisters' makeup or um, throw eggs at someone's house and run away or, or anything along them lines of what what YouTubers do nowadays. Um, do you think it's going to be possible or would you advise someone to pursue a career of doing youtube what 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 do you say to that there are a lot of um, advantages and there's like pros and cons to youtube it's 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 very would you advise <coughs> someone to pursue that career do you think okay tell me pros and cons and then I'll the pros is like um obviously um you you can you'll be more less like if you want to be a public speaker and stuff right you speaking in front of a camera it, it'll give you more like motivation and um you'll be less shy and um there's there's, there's bad things about being a muslim from our community like you said it's hard to um keep like stay the same because yeah everyone's attitudes and mostly youtubers i've seen their attitude changes after they hit a certain amount of subscribers they have to act in a certain way in order for entertainment yeah they have to act in a, uh, in a certain way for entertainment. Now, in if they're acting like that, would they be acting in accordance with Sharia? Do you think? No, because certain ways that you're meant to be acting, and obviously to keep your respect. So ultimately, would that not then become equivalent? Uh, would that not then become doing uh, a 
um, having haram income because of the actions that you're doing, you're, you're getting this income and ultimately it's haram. So, for example, a drug dealer, though it is an income and it's probably a very good income, it would be classed as haram because drugs are ultimately haram. So, therefore, they're going against the Sharia. Again, I'm not a Mufti, I'm not giving out a fatwa here, <laughs> but just um, taking logic into consideration where a person's going to do something which is it's clearly haram, like drugs. Yeah. And they're going to publicize it. And but they're earning from it. Will that will, will that would that be classed as harm? Me personally, I I wouldn't recommend going through the pathway of YouTube. It's it's too, it's too difficult to keep your same. If you had a good personality, you just it'd ruin you. Um. Yeah, I think it's not it's not a good career to go down, and it's very risky. There's a very low chance that you would be very very successful whereas if you just you know put a bit of effort in academically you could be excelling and like you said about obviously acting in certain ways and haram income i think is true where the successful youtubers these days that we see on youtube for entertainment purposes they obviously have a lot of money fair enough but the way they get it obviously they swear they do this they do that and you know it's it's obviously not something a Muslim would do and should be doing anyways. So yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a pathway that you should be going down. If, if your um, initial plans don't work out, um, so like optometry, if it doesn't work out and you don't get into the uni that you want to go to, um, what would you consider as a secondary option? Um, if there was no options left for me like whatsoever academically like there's nothing i can do i'd probably end up going down the islamic route and you know studying islamically maybe go abroad i'm not sure but that would be something in I my mean mind that's quite interesting because I, I don't see why people tend to put the islamic route as a secondary option um it's it's not no i'm, I'm glad you've said it because it, it's really common where people would always there's been loads of instances in the past of boys that you probably know where because they failed in college the first year is too hard for them then the parents just put them in Jamil Garam and hope for the best <laughs> so I, I, it's not good that it's a secondary option if you're gonna go for it and you have to go for it from the get-go I know I, I think that only if you do that as your teachers have done from the get-go that since they were very young, their only passion was to become an alim, and that's what they pursued. And only then you become ultimately you become successful. Yes, Allah obviously works in mysterious ways that we do not understand. But in order for you, you to achieve that status of alim or uh, a scholar, then you have to pursue that from the get-go. But then the question comes into place that. If I'm going to do that, then how am I going to earn a living? Because you have to look after, again, Islamically, you have to look after, your, be able to raise a family, look after your family. That's why I think, I think it works as the second option. Because, like you said, obviously, you need to find ways to look after your family and all that. So, by looking after your family, obviously, you need the money, etc. So, I think the first option should always, not always, but if you feel like you don't want to, so if, if someone route. approached you and said to you, "I'll give, I'll pay for a scholarship for you to go study in a, uh, abroad for yeah. three years," 
I'll pay everything, all expenses covered. Yeah. And you go become an alim and come back and I'll have a job for you as an imam at a mainstream masjid in London. Would mm. you consider that? Yeah, definitely. Would you definitely be considered? Definitely. Even if it's living away from your parents? Yeah. I think it's for a good cause. It's, it's for, yeah. Spreading. Spreading the word of Islam. Religion. Why do you think we don't have that anymore? We, as Nurul Islam, we have been running for so many years, 70 plus years, I think. We've not even qualified one alim from the masjid, meaning, uh, yes, we've had alims like Wano Sin, Wano Karim, um, so on and so forth, but they've had to go abroad using their own finances, living in very dire situations, like very poor situations because of the situ- because of where they are and how the um, what the circumstances are, and they ha- they've had no financial backing from the public, and then when they come back, the public expect them to be become pioneers of of Nurul Islam, and they but they don't get shown any respect mm. as they should. Do you think mosques in, as in general should should do more, or, or what's your thoughts on that? I think definitely. Um, I'd say there's not enough effort being put in for young um, youngsters to, you know, go down that pathway of becoming an alim or a scholar or whatever. Um, there's just not enough enough backing from the public. We've got so many um, well wealthy people um, in our community yet they've not they're not backing enough. Allah knows best, obviously, but from what I see, I don't think there's enough backing of the community or the public going into this um, becoming an alim or a scholar. Mm-hmm. What What do you think? Yeah. I think, um, as you said, there's not much respect nowadays. Um, you see, like, just anyone, they walk into the masjid, start talking about worldly affairs loudly as well. Yeah, I'm going to go a bit off topic now because of the situation that we're in and while we're talking about this obviously the, the committee is going to change soon um they they all the the sheet team sheets out um it's up to us as the as the public to vote for who who we want to vote for um, without telling your nominate uh, without telling the person you want to vote for what would you expect from a person who's put themselves forward as a candidate to be President, vice president, treasurer, whatever else there is, there's all sorts nowadays. Um, what would you expect from that person as as a lay person from the masjid? Obviously, I don't, I don't um, get involved in all of this, but I, in my opinion, um, I think there should be a person or people that attend the masjid regularly, friendly. Um, you can have a chat with them, like build up trust. Um, they're they're like they're humble. Um, Would you ever <coughs> go up to Manakarim and have a casual chat with him? Um, yeah. A casual chat with Manakarim. Oh, not casual. Obviously, it'll be formal. But mm-hmm. say if I have any matters, that I, I could go to Manakarim. You wouldn't have a casual chat. No, with not casual. I no. Would have a casual chat with no, no. Ah, that's no, that's not formal. And um, I'd assume probably most people your age would say the same like yeah most people my age would say the same where they he is very approachable but maybe that comes with age or maybe that comes because of the level of respect yeah have, um, uh, the student teacher relationship that you have with him certainly so would you not think that 
him himself or his brother or his father would be ideal people to um, take take that would, would should they take leadership of the masjid and madrasa in general what, what do you think to that mm. the it's just if if they did ever um try like take control of it it's the amount of um, respect that people have to have you don't see it in people nowadays the, i think this is obviously no criticism, criticism to them and they won't mind me saying this that leadership qualities plays a big part in in these topics because you do have people and we've had in, again instances in the past where people have had physical fist fights because the wuzu kana water is cold for example and that comes down to committee and it shouldn't be a Molana's responsibility to take that on his shoulders because the water's cold they're having a go at him that, that's what happened once with a committee member and a um, lay person um, so who who what what qualities again back to that question what qualities do you, would you want from the you, you, you started it off and then I, I cut you off so uh, as I said trust trustworthy regular attendee um honest um they can have that leadership leadership responsibility like you can see it in them um like mentally as well um like you can see that they can talk they can like um you can just approach them friendly and they will be friendly back to you and you can talk to them in like english like there's some members that don't know like full english <laughs> yeah um i think yeah like you said first main one is um attending the mosque that's the first one obviously the members of the public attend the mosque but where do they find the committee members obviously you're not going to go to their houses or whatever to raise an issue of the mosque so i think the main one if you're going to put yourself up for the committee or run the committee i think you should definitely be at the mosque at all times know what's going on in the mosque know the issues of the of the mosque because if you don't then i don't see a real point of you being in the committee um and then um obviously approachable you know sometimes like people are scared to like talk to committee members or something like that that should never be the case i think they should always be approachable um and be able to take the criticism that you know some members of the public might arise might raise towards them yeah for sure so far so far have you ever had an uh, uh an, an issue that you'd ever have had to raise with the committee members or someone senior from from the committee members have you ever had that so far but how old are you for f nearly 15 14. 14 so at that age i had um i i held a program at the mosque and i wanted to call my own nat clan um from birmingham and I had to cross through, through so many hurdles in order to get him in and then I ended up paying for his travel costs his, because obviously you have to pay these people when they come um, as a gift so I, I gave him that as well and his travel costs back um, that's one time when I was probably your age where I had to approach them have you had any instances where you've had to approach them? Uh, where, where, you, where you've wanted to go to them, not been able to go to them, or you have gone to them, or any sort of things along those lines. I've approached members in from Madrasa, 
but like for much for just say if I've um like well this is just normal but if I've not been in and they start asking me like questions I just tell them like that's that's how I approach them. I'm not approaching for any concerns or anything. Yeah, so and what was the response or what? Um they they said um even though it's a very minor thing that you've gone to the yeah school, was it a reasonable response what you'd be ex- what you'd expect was it too harsh was it what too I expected really yeah yeah so what about you um one issue that I've had to go to the committee for is um haircut um obviously not having an appropriate haircut and I mean that's a disciplinary issue so have yeah. you had to ever approach them for something specific where um, you've wanted something off them, or you've requested something, and um, not getting it. Not really, nothing, nothing major along those lines. Like you said, obviously about your incident, I don't think I've any had. I've never had anything near there. Yeah, I think w- you had that one issue where um, the youth club and um, I couldn't make it to move the um, table Tables. without mentioning any names. Can you expand on that? Um, yeah, obviously. Um, that day where you had to move the table, obviously you couldn't, you couldn't make it. And me and one of the one of the other lads, of Bilal, me and Bilal went to the community centre to move it, and the door was locked. So we went into the mosque to see who was there, and I went in and asked. Obviously, we need the keys to move a table. We were sent by by you. That's what I said, and the response I got was very disrespectful. Um, not appropriate. Oh, where where was this in in the Jamaican? in the Jamaican yeah. in the Jamaican. How, how was the response? Was it like a very aggressive um, hands waving about? It was it was not. Did he use foul language at all? Not really. Mm. Not. But he was loud, loud enough, yeah. but very loud. Um, aggressive. You know, animated. Yeah, it's just not. Jamaican. It's one of them situations. And that was a committee member. Committee member. Was it yes. Like a committee. Was it someone senior? Or yeah, yeah, in one of those roles. The treasurer, yeah. them roles, um, but yeah, and obviously this is the issue with our, um, with, with the people when people come to even help them, they they just turn you away. I mean, there's there's ways of saying no to people. People have approached me where they've wanted something, but then there's there's ways of saying no to them. I'm sure you'd agree. Um, coming towards an end, um. I'm going to wrap up there um, on the committee talk. Um, bits of everything there in, in that last section. Um, just have a laugh for listening.